Hey, this is Gratuitous. Welcome to Music Production Made Simple, the show that focuses on best practices about music production, which is based on FL Studio. If you're wanting to become the best producer you could be, subscribe and listen weekly. You can also check out my courses, which teach you the principles and basics of music production. They'll get you up and running quickly. In addition, I also have books on Amazon and tons of music on Spotify. Always feel free to hit me up at hi at itsgratuitous.com. So let's get into the episode. All right. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to episode number 13. This episode is going to be quite different. Uh, instead of learning about you know music production or, mu- or music theory or you know anything to do with actually creating the beats, this episode is going to be talking about actually creating content. For example, if you're wanting to create tutorials or you know create sound kits or whatever, okay, the industry has kind of gotten to that point where it's hard to sell your music for you know for like the average person, and so most people are kind of you know trying to find like that side hustle in a sense of you know selling courses, selling sound kits, uh, selling templates, whatever it is. Okay? Okay, so I just want to talk a little bit about my process, how I have started, you know, creating content as a beat maker when it comes to if you want to get released like tutorials on YouTube and stuff like that. Okay, so the title of this episode is called How to Create Content as a Beat Maker. Uh, One thing I want to share with you is that I am releasing a new course. Okay, it's going to be releasing the beginning of September. So really, really close here. I'm done recording. I just have to edit it up. It's going to be called 10 Steps to Become an FL Studio Pro. And what's really, really cool about this course is I just got a green screen. Okay, so you're able to see me with like no background. It gives it a really, really cool and personal touch to the course. In addition, I also got a Wacom tablet. If you don't know what those are, I do suggest you look them up. Uh, It's what people use to like draw and like Photoshop and stuff like that. Um, But it's something that uh, Khan Academy, uh, what he has done, you know, in his tutorials when he's drawing and teaching you at the same time. And I wanted to kind of take like that same approach. And that's what I did in this course as well. So I actually draw with you and teach you, uh, you know, digital audio and stuff like that. So this is going to be a really, really cool course. Again, it's going to be called uh, 10 Steps to Become an FL Studio Pro. So the first question that you may have when it comes to you know, creating content and recording your screen is what software do you use? So the industry has come a really, really long way. In my early years, I used like Camtasia. It was quite, you know, it was expensive. I think it was like 300 bucks at the time. And it allowed me to create, you know, pretty high quality videos. Uh, But in many areas, it was kind of like restrictive. Um, And then I was introduced to OBS, uh, Open Broadcast Software. And that's currently what I use for my you know, courses, tutorials, and it's just so flexible. And the benefit of it is, first of all, it's free. It's open source, okay? It also allows you to record at 60 frames per second to give you like that really nice smooth look, especially when it comes to music production, you know, 30 frames versus 60 frames. Uh, That 60 frames in music production, it just looks super smooth, super, you know, it's just more enjoyable to watch with your eyes and learn, okay? So with that said, so I use OBS, Open Broadcast Software. It's an awesome program. I'm very, very grateful for it. Um, without it, you know, my business wouldn't be as high quality when it comes to my courses as it is. So when we're talking about OBS, when you go to actually record, um, so you can actually be using uh, like a CPU encoder, or you can be using like your video card. I believe that the CPU gives you a little bit higher quality, but the thing is with music production, your actual music program, your DAW, it's really CPU intensive because Music production is solely based on your CPU. 
It's not like, you know, creating like video games or something where you can at least, or even like Photoshop, where you can like offload some of the processing to like a video card. Music production is all CPU based. So if you are trying to record with OBS on, you know, with a CPU encoder, and at the same time, you have like a really uh, large project. So that can be really hard on your CPU. So in my later years, I've started to use the video card uh, encoding. And what this does is there's no... Uh, weight on my CPU when I'm recording, which is awesome. So therefore, if I'm going to actually use a huge project inside the course, the video card gives you, you know, awesome performance and awesome results as well. Okay. Uh, the next thing I want to talk about is, you know, for example, like, let's say like a microphone. So when you're actually listening to, you know, the, the, the instructor speak, it's really important that your microphone is nice and clear. Um, that there's no background noise or, or anything like that. Okay. So in my early years, in my early tutorials, you know, I was using like a condenser microphone and, you know, these are good microphones. Like they capture really high quality, but you have to make sure that your environment isn't noisy. For example, if someone's, you know, cutting the lawn outside or even like your computer fan, this microphone can pick up this noise and it's just really annoying. It, it's distracting to the student and it makes you look unprofessional. So you can maybe uh, take like the approach of like a lavalier microphone, which I just used in this course. It was a pretty cool approach. I'll talk a little bit about that in a second. There were some learning curves I had to go there because you can't just use phantom power on a lavalier microphone. Um, but in my later years, I started to use a Shure SM7B, which is a dynamic microphone. So it, it isn't as sensitive. You have to drive it a little bit harder, which is good because that's what I'm talking to you on right now. It gives you a really high quality sound. Uh, and in addition, if I be quiet for a second, it's not picking up much noise, right? So that's just the benefit. It allows it, your actual course to be really high quality. So I just want to talk about this lavalier microphone because uh, since I was doing the green screen, if I would have had a microphone in there, it would have looked kind of weird. Like you'd see me and then you'd see like this microphone um, and my microphone cable is green as well. So like you saw like the XLR connection, but you didn't see any of like the audio cable. So I was like, okay, well, I want to be able to talk to you freely and not have this microphone in the way. So I uh, got a lavalier microphone and... Um, you know, I thought maybe I could just plug it into like my preamp and I'd be able to use like, you know, the phantom power or whatever. And just it just wasn't working. So, you know, I looked it up and um, the problem was lavalier microphones, they operate on like a super, super low voltage. Like I think it's like maximum like five volts, whereas the phantom power can be 48 volts. So I just had some like cheap lavalier microphones I bought off Amazon and I plugged one in and I'm pretty sure I broke it. I'm <laughs> pretty sure I wrecked it, you know, because, you know, I, I just thought it was simple. It was just like, you know, uh, apply phantom power or whatever, and you're good to go. But that's not the case. So my workaround for that was I have a Zoom H4n and I bought this a long time ago. This is like a little sound recorder and it has been probably my absolute favorite tool that I've used. And it's been so helpful in so many different areas. Like this is the microphone I use if I want to record uh, into like a DSLR camera or anything like that. So you can look it up. It's called a Zoom H4n. You guys can even opt in to like the Zoom H1 because really you just need it for recording purposes. Um, but what I ended up doing was I ended up plugging my lavalier microphone into the H4n and then out of the headphone jack, I plugged that <laughs> into my preamp and then I sent that into my audio interface. Uh, I sent it into the preamp because I have a channel strip. It allows me to use EQ, compression, DS and stuff like that just to kind of, you know, fine tune that actual 
recording before it goes into my computer. And then once it goes into my computer, which I'll talk to you in a moment, I use uh, Vegas Pro and, you know, I'll actually, uh, you know, um, process the audio in a sense of EQ and compression and stuff like that. Um, but see, when it came to the H4N, uh, it also came with like um, a power adapter. So I could literally just plug it into the wall, turn it on. I didn't have to worry about batteries. And the thing is, it's like when you have all these different, you know, connections and hardware, it's like it's really important that you don't have tons going on because if you do, it's really easy to forget to turn something on. All of a sudden you go to start, you know, recording the course or recording your tutorial and all of a sudden you realize, oh, I forgot to turn that on. Okay. Which leads me into another thing I want to talk about is your camera. Okay. So with tutorials, you know, a lot of people, what they'll do is they'll have a DSLR camera they'll hit record and then they'll use something like OBS to record their screen. And then what they'll do is they'll end up syncing their audio. And the best approach for that is, you know, to clap your hands in the video, you know, like before you actually start talking and everything, that way it's easier to sync, you know, your voice with your DSLR uh, video. Um, but over my years, I end up getting like a, a clapper, right? So for example, it sounds like this. Okay. So, you know, like you're able to write like the role, the scene, I don't write anything on there, but it's nice just to have a nice tool like this. You put it in front of the camera again, I'll play it one more time. So like, you know, if I actually just drop the clicker or like the clapper, that's what I would do. And then inside my video editing program, I can just simply, uh, sync them up nice and fast. Okay. If you were going to go that approach now, in my opinion, I like just to use OBS and actually record my DSLR camera at the same time as I'm recording everything. It's just been the easiest way to do it because I don't have to worry about, you know, two separate audio, uh, you know, two separate files. You know, for example, let's say the video ended up being a half hour long, right? And most of these DSLR cameras, they max out at a half hour. So it ends up creating, a, you know, two separate files for you. So let's just say it maxed out at, you know, half hour. So now you actually have your DSLR file. Now you actually have your OBS screen recording file, you know, so now you have two files. Whereas if I just record it all at once, all that information is in there. Um, now your voice can be out of sync. Okay. So it is important that you do some test runs, making sure that your voice, if, if you want to share yourself in the video, but really if you, if you are in the video, it's more personal, uh, for your watcher, for your viewer. But one of the problems with this is when you do have your DSLR camera and recording the screen, those are two separate files, which means that you can easily remove your DSLR video out of the, you know, out of the editing whenever you want. That's a nice flexibility. When I do record it all at once, I'd really don't have that option unless inside of OBS, you know, you're able to create like scenes and stuff like that. You can quickly kind of switch in between that stuff. Um, but it's just kind of knowing the pros and cons and the convenience over the years. I've just found recording everything in OBS all at once, the simplest way to approach it. Again, you just want to make sure that your voice is in sync and stuff like that. Okay. So let's talk about, you know, how to record your video camera uh, a little bit further with OBS. Okay. So probably the easiest way to get started with video and stuff like that to create tutorials is to use OBS and get like a webcam. Um, that way, you know, you can record yourself and OBS at the same time. Again, just make sure that your audio is in sync. You also want to set it up that your microphone is a different audio source than your desktop audio. You're able to do this inside of OBS so that when it records into MP4 format, some people also use like the MKV, uh, because if your actual, um, software crashes, the MKV is still retrievable, whereas MP4 is not, uh, but Anyways, you want to make sure that your voice is on one 
uh, audio insert and then as well as the desktop audio is also on an audio insert and the reason for this is that Again, if your voice is out of sync with the video or whatever, you can simply kind of nudge it over. Or if you want to kind of mute your voice, uh, for example, if the background uh, audio is playing, like let's say the beat or whatever, you know, you can easily just kind of mute out background noise. It's just more flexibility, okay? So the webcam is probably the easiest approach. Uh, the DSLR is a step up. But again, you'd use the DSLR and the OBS at the same time, but you just got to make sure you hit record. You would just clap into the video and, uh, you know, that's a good way to get started. Um, over my years, I have actually started to use a capture card, okay? So the DSLR camera plugs into this capture card inside of my computer and it plugs in uh, with a PCI Express slot, okay? And that allows me to capture my camera um, into my computer. So I'm able to get the nice DSLR image right into my computer. Therefore, I can record my camera and OBS at the same time. So, you know, oh, it sounds simple, right? Well, <laughs> there's always little downfalls like this, no matter what you're doing. I'm sure and probably no matter what industry, there's always these little kind of gotchas and it's kind of annoying, okay? So when it comes to this capture card, the audio sync really is a problem. So like I was saying, you really have to test and there's an option for you to kind of like delay audio and stuff like that. So you're going to have to play around with this. And the thing is, from what I've discovered is even if you set it up perfect for one recording, uh, for the next recording, sometimes it can trail or like, you know, kind of lag a little bit. So as long as it's in like the ballpark, and then again, I'll just use like the little clapper uh, into the video, even with OBS and the capture card, just it's just a nice little confirmation. And then again, at the beginning of the video, I make sure that everything's lined up. I can just kind of uh, nudge over my voice if I need to. And then that is easy. And now even to put even a little further twist on this. So over my years, I was always using a camcorder. OK, a camcorder doesn't allow you to get that kind of like bouquet effect, that kind of depth of field. Whereas a DSLR, you're able to, you know, change out the lens and you're able to get, you know, allow like more light in or, you know, a lens allows you for way more flexibility, a better image and stuff like that. So the reason why I'm telling you that is the camcorder was really awesome in a sense of you were able just to turn on the camera. Uh, it would do autofocus without showing on the actual screen. Like, for example, these DSLR cameras, when it does autofocus on your face, uh, it actually kind of follows you around. Right. Um, with the DSLR camera, I haven't been able to figure out how to remove it. I've done lots of research. Uh, currently, I use a Canon M6. It's a mirrorless camera. And so what I have to do for this is I actually have to set it to manual mode. I'll put the microphone where my head is about and then I'll just kind of manually focus and then therefore I'm able to get the nice uh, Canon with an, I have a nice lens uh, and I'm able to get a good picture but I'm not able to autofocus and that's sometimes annoying because when you're talking sometimes you may want to share something into the camera or something um, and yeah so that's just kind of annoying that way but with the camcorder I had uh, a Canon uh, HFR40 I think um, and that was great in a sense of it was able to autofocus and stuff like that but I wasn't able to kind of get like that depth of field and it, you know it just didn't like it looked high quality don't get me wrong but with the m6 it's even higher quality it looks a little bit cleaner but now from the mirrorless camera the canon m6 to the you know, camcorder here's the problem the canon m6 i can make it so that the screen never turns off but this camera 
it will always uh, just kind of shut down uh, temporarily every 30 minutes, okay? So what I have to do is as soon as I'm kind of getting to like 20 minutes kind of time, I'll just press like the OK button twice. That way uh, this camera doesn't shut down on me. So that's kind of been an inconvenience with this DSLR camera. So as you can, as you can see, you know, it's not just as simple as buying gear uh, to get, you know, high quality results with this camera again. So, you know, after 30 minutes, the camera actually kind of shuts down, but if I press okay, you know, it comes back to life. So when I'm recording my courses, uh, you know, I might just be kind of like, look at like the time and I'd be like, okay, um, you know, maybe I should stop talking here, reset the camera and say, like, okay, I'm good to go. Um, so that's just kind of been like a workaround. Whereas the camcorder, I never had to do that. So it was just a matter of hit record, it auto-focused for me and it never shut down. So those are two pretty big pros really right so the other way uh which i did this course this uh 10 steps to become an fl studio pro i used the canon m6 so it looks super high quality but as i was recording there was just these little kind of gotchas in a sense of the camera would shut down uh it didn't autofocus. so um like i was always in focus don't get me wrong but having that autofocus, it's just that convenience of knowing no matter where you're sitting you know no matter where you're moving your head um you're always in focus okay so that's just some things to think about when if you're going to be recording your tutorials and stuff like that. Okay, um, I'd also suggest uh, typing into Google, uh, check out Vimeo's uh, compression guidelines, and they're going to share with you, you know, uh, what you should be like recording at and stuff like that in a sense of like your bit rate, um, just to give you an idea. Okay. I'll just quickly talk about, uh, you know, editing videos in a sense of, you know, how to prepare yourself. Um, and I think that'll be it for this episode. Um, but so to edit videos, I use Sony Vegas. Um, in all honesty, it's been an okay program. I would probably suggest, or I probably recommend you guys to go to like Adobe uh, Premiere. Vegas has its quirks. Uh, don't get me wrong. It's a pretty good program. But what I don't like about Vegas is like, hey, so let's say I bought Vegas 14 Pro. Now, let's say, you know, uh, all of a sudden they come up with 15, they actually start putting pop-ups on your desktop and say, oh, like 15's here. And like, even if you go into the settings and disable stuff, these pop-ups still come. So like, I really feel that that's really unprofessional. And so for myself, I don't always upgrade software uh, when, I, you know, like when a new version comes out. Many times I'll wait like two or three years, I'll wait for like, all these new features to kind of come out. And then when I upgrade, now it's like I'm getting a big upgrade, right? So I actually upgraded from 14 to 16. You know, they had a deal going on. And I was like, okay, let's upgrade. Um, and now 17 is coming out. And again, they're giving me like these pop-ups and it's just like, that's so unprofessional. I find it very rude to a customer. So that's one down thing about Vegas. I find that really annoying. Another reason why I suggest going to Premiere is just, it just seems way more fluid and way more uh, efficient in their process. Uh, Vegas, like I said, it has a lot of quirks and stuff like that, um, especially when it comes to like exporting video and working with different file formats and stuff. Um, don't get me wrong, every software always has its quirks. Vegas works. I'm able to get high quality out of it. Um, I've just had to kind of learn the software to make it work for me, okay? The last thing I want to say about editing your video, especially for like a course or even like your tutorials, is it's really important to set your levels in a sense of your microphone, okay? So right now I've ha I have like my setup, you know, set up. So if I come here and talk, um, you know, my volume is always going to be pretty consistent. For example, from podcast to podcast, I hope my volume has kind of been consistent from, you know, episode to episode because that's really annoying. You know, if 
one episode's loud, one episode's quiet, right? Um, and the reason for that is because now inside of your video editing program, you want to create a template where you EQ, compress, DS your voice and everything. And that's it. Like that's your voice. And then the thing is, you know, maybe I've talked a little bit louder or a little bit quieter in this episode, but now you know, I'll be using like a meter inside of the video editing program. But since I have this template, okay, set up, it's just super simple. Um, now, just to take it even a little bit further. So for each course, I will take a template and then I will save a new template just for that course. So in other words, all the videos for that course, I'm going to keep running through this template. For example, if I'm on, you know, let's say video three, I drag that video into the template. I'll hit file save as and i'll create a new copy and i'll name it like the actual file name um and again this just keeps the volume consistent it keeps your eq consi uh, consistent and you know just from a listener standpoint from the course if everything's consistent from video to video it makes it much more enjoyable whereas you know let's say i recorded a video today and then you know uh a month later i kind of changed my volume settings and eq settings or whatever a little bit and then now I go to edit the video to add to that course. You know, if the voice starts changing and stuff like that, in my opinion, it's just a little bit distracting. So, you know, these are just things that I have learned over the years, which I want to pass on to you. You know, if you want to get involved in this stuff. Uh, one last point I want to share with you is please do not be teaching or sharing if you don't know. Okay. This is a big thing for you and your brand, as well as for just the producer community. It's really important that you understand you know, I'm not saying you have to understand it in depth. You can give things like, you know, a general process of how it works, but never pretend like you know something that you don't. Okay. It's really, really important, um, especially for your brand. Okay. So anyways, that's just a little wrap up of, you know, if you want to get started creating content as a beat maker, um, that's kind of how I started, you know, creating these courses. OBS has been you know, again, open broadcast software has been an amazing software for me. A huge shout out to all the developers that work on it. Uh, it's open source, so it's free. You're able to get that 60 frames per second. Uh, looks butter smooth. Um, but again, you guys can check out the course. It's called 10 Steps to Become an FL Studio Pro. Again, I have that green screen. It looks super, super cool. I'm really impressed how it turned out, as well as we get into some hand drawing, me sharing with you how digital audio works. So if you guys like the, the podcast here, you know, come to the page, leave a review, all that kind of stuff. Or if, if you have questions, reach out to me. I also have an option there. Uh, if you want to support the podcast for $5 a month, I'd really, really appreciate that. And again, you know, if you guys want to learn about a certain topic, you guys can always reach out and I can always make a, a podcast, you know, about uh, your questions or, or whatever. If not, I'll just be creating uh, episodes on just uh, things I want to talk about and things I want to get across to you. Okay. Thanks for checking out the episode. If you had any questions, visit itsgratuitous.com slash podcast, select an episode and submit your question at the bottom of the page to the contact form. If you'd like to take my FL Studio courses, see my current studio and podcasting gear, read my books or are interested in lessons, visit the link itsgratuitous.com slash learning. That page will redirect you to more info and resources. I hope the best with your productions. I'm Gratuitous and I'll see you in the next episode.